all across the seven kingdoms and the free cities. Welcome back to yet another episode of Entertainment Evolved. This is an Evolved review, and I am here today. I'm your your host, James Caleb Kitchens, and as always, I'm joined. Oh, wait. What's this? We have a brand new guest. He's not brand new. He's been on the show back on season six, but this is his first time being on for House of the Dragon. None other than my good buddy, Joe Brown from Suplexes and Microphones. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me once again. And it's been a minute since we actually even spoke to each other. So it's good to hear your voice. Brother, I I cannot echo that sentiment enough. It has been a minute. Uh, I want to say that the last time we actually spoke in person was probably at like a Waffle House at like one o'clock in the morning or something like that. Uh, I remember it distinctly about two months ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, shout out to the uh, homie Q from Superhero Homies. He was there as well. That's right. Uh, and he's covered quite a few of these episodes with me. I just got back from the beach, uh, which is why we didn't have a review last week. But this week we're bringing you a mega episode that's got uh, episode six and seven. So you're you're the you're the first guest to to review two at, at one time. Well, yeah, we'll we'll touch on that. Like I told you uh, during the pre-talk we can skip six because i hated it (laughs) well before we get into that because i echo that that sentiment um this actually might be the first time that we have a a pretty big divergence between what we thought of the episode and what our listeners maybe thought about it um but uh so tell me a little bit about like how did you get into game of thrones every time somebody comes on uh, i kind of you know kind of get their backstory with how you know, with Game of Thrones, because it's obviously so important to, you know, the the prequel series. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, had the same path I did, that the show's out there for a couple seasons before they actually begin to watch it. I have a friend, and um, you actually met him in Atlanta at Topgolf, um, Jason Storm. He told me, hey, you need to watch this show. Hey, And I was really hesitant because – unlike you, I'm not really into the fantasy stuff that much. And, um, he never, he never explained it that way. He says, no, it's, you know, it's Kings and Queens is sword fighting. I'm like, well, I can get down with that. And the opening sequence has this, you know, like ice zombie. And I'm like, I called him up. I was like, what is this? What, what did you, what did you, he said, just stick with it. Um, and, and I did. And, you know, like a lot of people loved it till last season. Well, you know, Game of Thrones, and we've discussed this on the show and off, is that Game of Thrones really was that thing that eased a lot of people who weren't really into the fantasy stuff, very much eased them into it, because by the time there was like magic or dragons or anything like that, people had invested nine hours, you know? You know, people wanted to see what was going to happen with the characters, so even if they're not really into that aspect of it, uh, you know, Game of Thrones kind of hid that in the background. Yeah, uh, yeah, and with when you have good character development, um, you know, you're, you're you're stuck, like you said, trying to finish out and see what happens to the ones you love. Right, and and this show, of course, didn't have to worry about that because I think the viewer base was already kind of trained to okay, yes, there's gonna we're gonna open the show with somebody flying on a dragon, but somebody's also gonna get stabbed or possibly burned to death, you know, by the middle of the first episode. Yeah, I think that may be why I'm enjoying this more than Game of Thrones in a way, because 
you know, I've, I've kind of accepted that, you know, some of the stuff that I don't care for is going to be in here and, and things like that. But, you know, at the same time, you got these writers and directors that are, you know, how are they going to shock us with, right. with anything here? Um, Cause we've seen it all. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you up the stakes from like Ramsey Bolton and the Battle of the Bastards, you know? Because I think for a lot of people with Game of Thrones, like not only was that such a well directed episode, and uh, interestingly enough, the guy who directed that episode is the same guy that directed episode seven of House of the Dragon that we're covering tonight. Um, I just read that. That's pretty cool. Yep, yeah, he also directed the Long Night. So. He, you know, the issues with lighting are related here. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, man, I, I, I think I, I think I'm with you on I I like House of the Dragon more overall so far than Game of Thrones. I don't know if I'm necessarily as attached to anyone, but the you know, one of the things we talked about in, you know, when we reviewed the first episode here is like if we want to watch politics we have plenty of that in our real world, but the thing that people want to see is political intrigue, right? And if you don't have the intrigue, then it's just politics, and that's boring. So here, True. we've got so many... I think the stakes are higher, and obviously the pacing is considerably faster, and sometimes I think it's too fast on House of the Dragon. Well, yeah, I mean, I would say that the the jump into, into Episode 6 was kind of crazy, but... Um, you know, it's like you said, the, the, the tensions and things are still laid out well enough for you to enjoy it and everything. And I don't know, I, I've, I've got one favorite on the show, but <laughs> that, that kind of went downhill as well. So, oh, well, tell us, well, you know, Renera to me was my favorite in the first few episodes but once they switch to this older actress, I, I really, I really do not like her. Yeah, let's let's dive into that because yeah. I don't, I don't think we're we we should ever see another time jump this big based on the uh, the novel this is based off on uh, based off of. So we shouldn't see any more of these really big time jumps. I don't think. Um, but I thought that they handled the transition to the older actors. It probably the poorest way they could have i really would have liked to have seen a scene where maybe rhaenyra is reacting to something or maybe she's riding um on the red queen uh like honestly a dragon riding sequence would have been great here where she takes off and they have like they show her like riding through the air and then maybe you know she transitions to the older actress and lands and they could pop up like a 10 years later or something like that but instead of that, what we got is we just finished an episode with these actors and actresses that we loved, and then the next episode started, and people are like, "What in the hell is going on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the dragon idea, and I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. Um, but that's that's pretty cool. I, it's just with me, the younger actress for Renera. It I, I always was curious what was happening in her mind because you can tell she was taking everything in and this older actress, you know, I mean, not that she's, she's not terrible or anything, but it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like she's just 
not really as as tactical and as observant as the younger version, which it you know is kind of backwards to me. Yeah, she doesn't have the charisma nor the chemistry with the other actors. That, that that's for sure. Yeah, the younger um, Rhaenyra had so much chemistry with the younger Allison. Now, I do think that the older Allison actress is just as good as the younger one and is completely believable that it's the same character. It, there is a much smaller gap between the younger and older of that one for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, she's, she's, she's doing an excellent job. Yeah, I, I would agree. And and I'm hoping that I'll come around on Rainier. Like, since we're covering the two episodes at the same time, I mean, I, I don't, you know, definitely, I would say that I liked Rhaenyra in 7 a lot more than I liked her in 6. Well, everything about 7 was better than 6, so I can't yeah. disagree. Yeah, I mean, by far, you know, 6 is, to me, is the worst episode of the show by a long shot, it really, it almost took me out of it. I was like, are they pulling another season eight? Luckily they came back, uh, with a huge, you know, right hook with episode seven, which was mm-hmm. really well done. But I mean, with six, it felt like the pacing. And I've said this a few times, this, this episode felt like it belongs in like game of Thrones season seven, the way that yeah. the pacing is done. It's like they they spend forever on things you don't really care about uh, or that, you know, like the parentage of the kids. I feel like they spent 30 minutes hammering that in over and over again. But then we have a scene that should be incredible, um, like um, Lena, you know, given the the sacrifice, you know, at at the end. She committed Dracaricide. Yeah, right. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> that that should have been this super emotional, impactful scene, but they didn't give it any time to breathe. Like it happens and it's over with before you uh you know can even really process it. Yeah. No, you're right. So You're right. That that was one of the things about the episode that really bothered me is like the pacing of it wasn't great. Is it well shot? Yeah, I mean the the production value on this show is unbelievable. Oh yeah, you know, um, you know we we've kind of. Uh, I know you're not uh you're not watching Rings of Power at all, but uh, you know right. a lot of <laughs> a lot of the fantasy fans on the internet like because they're both on at the same time and they're in this a similar you know the same genre technically. There's all these comparisons between the two. But it's like Game of Thrones has doesn't quite have the production value of Rings of Power, but it costs like less than half of what Rings of Power costs, and it's like the most expensive TV show ever. So yeah, when wow. you sit down to watch it, yeah, they dropped a billion dollars on it. Ooh, yeah. So when you sit down to watch it, yeah, it feels like you're sitting in an IMAX, you know. <laughs> but that's because it cost a billion dollars. So what right. HBO is is able to do with like less than half the budget I think is really impressive here, especially like uh, some of these dragon riding sequences like look like they're straight out of a blockbuster film. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, before we move out of episode six, uh, this is probably the <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, um, so I do, I do want to touch on a, a couple of the major plot points here. I, um, I don't want to sit here and just talk about how terrible the episode was, but uh, 
this is the most screen time that I think Harwin Strong gets. Um, and we do kind of see that, you know, him and Rhaenyra have had a relationship and he's got, you know, a connection to these children that are clearly his. He doesn't seem to be very sly about how he goes about that. Like he's, he, you know, he's kind of right out in the open with it, uh, to an extent to the point that, you know, he gets pissed off and, uh, you know, attacks, uh, Kristen in the training yeah. yard. Which I about leapt off of my couch when he did that. I was like, beat his ass. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that um, was a great scene. Yeah, because I mean I think Kristen Cole is one of those people that we originally all thought were gonna was gonna be cool. Uh at least I did. He got his feelings hurt. I mean, that's it, you know. Um and and it was kind of it was kind of a bold thing, man. You know, I wish I had that level of confidence because they hooked up like one time and then he was like, Hey, give up seven kingdoms and go live with me. And I'm just like, that is the audacity must've been on sale at the market because, uh, that is yeah. a, that's pretty bold. He can, he can promise her adventure, but that's about the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's got nothing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, going forward from there, you know, we end up seeing him and his dad being murdered by his brother um that by his younger brother and one of the themes about this and and this scene i i thought too was you know not very well paced but this season has a a theme to it about the the second sons of westeros uh it's something that uh lord corliss says to damon i think in the second episode um you know he says we're the second sons of westeros and we have to take you know nothing's being given to us and this, uh, with, um, what's his name? Uh, it slipped my mind. Uh, is it Laris? Yeah. Yeah. The, the new Peter Baelish. Yeah. 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 Uh, middle <laughs> finger. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Laris, uh, you know, is, he just came right out as, you know, the cold killer of, uh, of the show now and, you mm-hmm. know, burns his brother and his, his dad alive and you know the curse of Hall is something that was talked about in the early seasons of game of thrones a lot and so it was kind of neat to see here how you know the uh that that curse you know got carried on over time yeah yeah he's he's definitely the the sneaky baelish role i mean and, and you know he's kind of coming out of the shadows a little bit at a time it seems yeah, I, I think so too. Um, Allison has kind of picked up all of these kind of uh, scragglers, you know, and uh, she's got a bunch of like minions, and they kind of just keep gravitating towards her. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we definitely will see how that turns out. Um, that's really the only things that I I really wanted to discuss about episode six because, like I said, I didn't really care for it. I thought it was by far the worst episode of the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I'm, and, I'm, I'm, I'm done with my notes already on episode six. And, and for those that are keeping score, uh, you know, we've been, we've been ranking all these episodes out of 10 and I want to say, um, I don't have the scores right here in front of me, but I think the lowest I've given an episode was like a seven, seven, seven point five, And then, um, I think the 
first episode, I gave either a 9 or a 9.5. And I think that first episode is still my favorite. But this episode, for episode 6, I would probably I would probably give it like a 4. Because mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was tough to get through at times. Yeah. Yeah, I'd put it I'd put it mid road, man. It'd be like five for me. So put right there with you. Yeah. Um but, you know, let's spend some time talking about the much better episode that we got this week, man. Um this is one of my favorite episodes. Um uh so this week we got episode seven, which is Driftmark. Uh and this opened with um lena's funeral uh so i guess everyone has come out to Driftmark, um you know and it's gotta have it's gotta have been some time because where she sacrifices herself was in pentos so you know they had to get uh the king to Driftmark, and you know that yeah. probably took forever and then damon had to you know get her bones together and come there which i guess he could have ridden on caraxes but um you know, so so a little bit of time has passed since the last episode. Um, what did you think about the funeral scene here? Well, it was interesting. I mean, with I, I don't know what the person that's running the funeral, if he's a priest or what what you would want to call him, but but he he's laying on some stuff pretty thick during the proceedings. Um, but you know. You can you can see some foreshadowing and what's what's happening with. Just even the way certain people are looking at each other at this funeral, man. Yeah, it was incredibly uncomfortable at some points. Um, uh-huh. but, but that just goes to, I think, the direction of the episode. Um, them being able to have that come out of your TV, you know, and you feel that that unease that pretty much everybody, I think, other than Damon there had. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know a split is coming. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and you know, those of us who are familiar with the the novelization, and and, and that this is going to come into play huge in this episode, especially, um, you know, we know that it's going to be a, a situation where we have Targaryen versus Targaryen, right? Like this, this is going to be the show that is the downfall of their dynasty, right? Um, so everything we're getting in all of these episodes is really just showing us how it got to a point where a dynasty would tear itself apart. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, ain't no business like family business, you know? Right, exactly. And and as we've noted, uh, you know, in the past too, like, and this is really important, the the novel is the historical record of all of this. So what happens in the show... Um, is the true telling of it. So what happens in the show is what really happened, and then the the book is the what got written down in the histories, uh, which is a really interesting way for them to do an adaptation, I think. Okay. All right. And, and you know, uh, we, we could skip around a bit, but the way that that really came into play here, I think more than it has any at any point in time during the show, is... You know, at the end of this episode, when they stage uh, Lenor's death, yeah, in the book it says that he was attacked and burned to death because that's what the official story is. Yeah, um, that's what's going to be written in the history books. 
and uh, and and so it was awesome in the show to see that you know Rhaenyra had helped him get away. Like we, how often is it that we get a happy ending in Westeros? <laughs> well, if you want to call it that, but yeah. Well, he did get, have to give up his dragon sea smoke, so yeah. I don't know if I could have done that. I mean, look, he wanted to be with the boyfriend or whatever, so free and clear, you know, not faking it, although he wasn't trying too hard anyway. Yeah, I mean, so, as long yeah. as he keeps that head shaved, I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, dude, he looked totally different, didn't he? <laughs> he really did. I mean, that hair is, is like the main, you know, kind of identifier for their family. There you so. go. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if we see either one of them again, but I would bet that we probably won't. That's probably just them being written out. Yeah. Because shit's about to get real, real. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, you feel it coming, for sure. So, we got a lot more of the kids in this episode. Um, we got introduced to them last episode. Um, uh, particularly the uh, Aegon, um, you know, jacking off in the window. <laughs> uh, that window's been through enough, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's a meme going around about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, can we please? Yeah. Uh, this this window's been through it. But, uh, you know, we, we kind of got introduced to them, and you kind of, they did a good job of, you You get right off the rip that um, Aegon is kind of this, like, Westeros playboy kind of, he doesn't give a shit, right? Like, he's here, here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. No ambition. No. And then um, Aemond, his little brother, is kind of... I don't want to say that he's arrogant, but he's definitely the asshole of the of the group. Yeah. Like, he's ambitious, I'd say, would, would be the word. Yeah, he wants a little more, for sure. Yeah, and, and here we are, back on that theme, the second sons. Um, and then, uh, you know... We also have the uh, the the daughter. Um, what is her name? I it has slipped my mind. Uh, but she, uh, you know, has carried on a long kind of tradition here of um, Targaryen uh, women, especially having visions. Oh yeah, and so because if we go back all the way to. Um, the Targaryens leaving Valyria in the first place, uh, the original Aegon the Conqueror that, that conquered Westeros left Valyria because his sister, I believe it was his sister, I could be wrong on this, someone, if I am wrong, someone is screaming at their, uh, at their car stereo right now or wherever they're listening to this. And, uh, and that was like, so she had a vision of Valyria being destroyed and so that's why they left. Uh, so there's there's historical precedent for it, and at the beginning of this episode, um, you know they're talking about um, him getting a dragon, and she makes a comment like he'll have to lose an eye. Really? Did I miss that? Yeah, I think so. Wow, um, I'm good at picking out this small stuff. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, the, so yeah, uh, so they're in there with. I believe she's in there with Alicent, and that's when Eamon comes in and says something about, um, you know, not having the dragon or whatever. And this may have even been in the last episode, because the two kind of ran together for me. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so sh- she says something about it, uh, about him not having a dragon, and then she says he'll have to lose an eye. And huh. sure enough, in this episode, you know, we have this, what I thought was probably the coolest sequence on the show, where Amond, you know, basically bonds with Vagar. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he uh, he was not going to be denied. He was not. I mean, I was like, how does this kid run with, you know, these balls made out of adamantium? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> if it took him going back down there every day for the rest of his life, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. To and make I mean, that dragon his, you know? And Vagar's not just any dragon. You know, he's right. the biggest dragon in the world. Right. Yeah, he didn't he didn't go for a baby, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh <laughs> it, it is something else. I really just loved um you know, this whole sequence him uh kind of like you could tell at first that Vagar is still upset about Lena's death. Um but sure enough, you know when when Vagar started to like breathe, you know, you see the fire welling up in his mouth. I said, "How much old Valyrian does this kid know?" And it turns out, he knows quite a bit. Yeah, you know that that kind of made me wonder too. Like, how come these? Uh, and maybe maybe it happened, and I didn't realize it. How come these opposing families or houses? didn't just try and learn the language and, you know, steal some dragons at some point. Yeah. I mean, that is entirely possible. Um, I mean, at some point I, and maybe like I said, maybe happened in the books or something, but it seemed like an easy way to at least attempt to get the dragon to obey you. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't know a hundred percent where, you know, even where the eggs that Danny gets, come from i I would imagine that this show in like the later seasons will probably answer that question though yeah they're they're gonna get some clues on that for sure yeah how could they not but anyway yeah so yeah he's 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 looking in the basically at his own death there until he wins the dragon over dragon was testing him you know yeah i mean that fight that he took him on (laughs) Are you strong enough to, you know, be my rider? Right. Yeah. And I mean, he almost wasn't, man. That could have gone terribly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's one point where he wasn't even touching him, man. He was hanging on, you know, white knuckle (laughs) by the damn reins, and that was it. Yeah. It's not your, uh, not your average Six Flags ride. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I don't think anybody would be riding that one a second time. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things that this easy to miss out on here, too, is this is a huge shift of power because uh, with, the, with the, the two families, because you've got Vagar, the oldest, largest dragon in the world, who's now gone out of the Damon slash Lena column and is now firmly in the Allison column because that's what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, that's what, um, what's the names 
dad says, you know, the boy was right. It was worth a thousand times more than the price he paid. Right. Yeah. And and that's true. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, he lost an eye, sure, but, you know, he gained the, uh, once again, it's the oldest, uh, presumably most powerful, largest dragon in the world. Um, and that's going to be incredibly important in all of the conflict to come. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that whole scene, man, where, uh, you know, of course we got the kids that get into it and man, you know, I, I gotta say with house of the dragon, they do a good job of making you think that something, because they've trained us with game of Thrones, they really will make you think that something's going to be way worse than it is. Yeah. They, they play with that a lot. And so, you know, with this, when, when one of the kids picks the knife up, I'm like, oh no, man, somebody's kid ain't making it out of this cave. Exactly. You know, and, and of course, you know, he ends up losing an eye and I got to tell you that kid's tougher than I am, dude. Cause if somebody had to sew me up like that, that, <laughs> yeah. that scar is, is going to be gnarly forever. Hey, he said it was worth it. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no anesthesia or anything, man. You just, you know, you just got to kind of go with it. He, hey, get, you're Nick Fury now. That's it. That's it. Westerosi Nick Fury. Got a dragon. Um, yep. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, this whole scene I thought was really well played. I was like, please don't let them cut one of Rhaenyra's kids' eyes out because I totally could see Viserys going for that, and thankfully he didn't. Um, it reminded me of the scene in Game of Thrones where um, they kill Sansa's wolf. Because yeah. Arya's wolf attacked Joffrey. Yeah. Very similar setup, but of course they, you know, there was a much different outcome here because, you know, all these people talk about Viserys being an ineffective king, but like he's the best king we've we've gotten in either show. Yeah, you know, he he showed a little energy here, you know, as. as apparently unhealthy as he is at this point he was he was trying to rally the troops and say hey y'all gotta y'all gotta get this together you know i, I got a couple of friends on facebook that i kind of go back and forth with like every episode where we're just like how is Viserys still alive <laughs> you know it's like everybody expected him to croak like three episodes ago but he still yeah keeps making it yeah, I don't. I don't know what they got him. What kind of you know steroids they got him on? But he's hanging in there, dude. If I was the showrunner of this show, and this is just proof that I shouldn't be, but I, let me tell you, I would have Viserys outlive everyone. Like he would just look like straight up like the Crypt Keeper at the end. <laughs> he's working on it. <laughs> but, right, he is. I mean, he looked like Gollum in this episode. Uh huh. And uh, you know. By the end of it, he's just going to straight up look like the Crypt Keeper, but I would just have Viserys outlive everyone. Just to suffer through everything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, just to keep the viewers like, is he going to live? Is he, you know. <laughs> right. Just be one of those guys. Just let me die so I yeah. can do this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. seeing, seeing honestly the entire, you know, dynasty fall into ruin would probably be like the worst thing ever for him because he's so big on you know 
uh, on keeping that legacy together. Yeah. You know, even when they when when he married Rhaenyra off to um, the Valarians, it was like, well, yeah, they can be named Valarian, but whoever ascends the Iron Throne will be a Targaryen. And, yeah, and we, for sure. And we know that's going to happen, right? Because I mean, we know that a Targaryen will, in fact, sit on the Iron Throne up until Danny's father is killed in like a hundred and seventy years or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. So they're just going to be uh, greatly diminished from where we find them. Um, let's see what else happened in this episode that we want to talk about. Um, we have a couple of interesting scenes with uh, Damon. Uh, first, we have where Viserys kind of sees him kind of standoffish, and he tries to kind of mend the fences a little bit. Um, what do you think about Damon like as a whole in the show? um he's interesting for sure um definitely one of the more the more interesting characters that i'm again another one that i'm wondering what's he thinking right now what what's his what's his end game on this on this situation um you know i was thinking when the kids are all fighting and you know the queen's like i want to take somebody else's eye did you watch damon in those scenes Yes, his the way he was watching it, it was almost like the exact way I was watching it, you know? It's just like, he's like, this is getting really good. What's going to happen? Yeah, I, I felt that, and I also felt like that was the first time he was thinking, man, I'm glad I don't have any sons. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be all up in this business. Oh, yeah, man. You know, if he had some little kids. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's got the two daughters, but they were barely involved. Right, right. So, That's what I'm saying. You know, the dudes, the the boys were the ones that were going to fight it out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I got that feeling. Like, he's sitting there, like you said, like, oh, what's about to happen now? And also, hmm, glad these ain't my kids. <laughs> yeah, glad I don't have to deal with this crap. Yep. You know, I, I think he, the thing about it is, like, we see, when we see Damon real early, he really envies Viserys, right? But by this point in time, you gotta think that he's starting to be like, man, you know, I got the better deal here. You know, he even, you know, has taken up residence in Pentos, which is not even in uh, Westeros. He's like, if you guys are gonna take my birthright from me, I'm not gonna deal with any of your bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. He's he's definitely free. You know, he's not, he, he's not burdened with any sort of politics or uh duty or anything like that so yeah he's he's enjoying his current life for sure so a lot has been said about the lighting in this episode so we got to talk about the elephant in the room i've talked to people that liked it i've talked to people that hated it i've talked to people that didn't mind it where where are you at on on these episodes that they shot that are kind of at uh at dusk you know and that and the the lack of the 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 good lighting in those scenes I hated the uh, when Rhaenerys and Damon are like walking on the beach or whatever that was. That's it's definitely so, the worst part. So damn dark. But on a lighter note, no pun intended, when the kids are having their little fight um, and the eye gets taken, you know, there's, it's just a couple of torches in there. That was really well done. Agreed. 
So, yeah. you know, there's some good and some bad with the, some of the dark, dark scenes. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked, it, it was a, uh, a, a, t- a classy way to do the, the sex scene, right? Um, you know, which is weird for us to get one of those in Westeros. I hated the beach scene. Uh, one of the yeah. things about me is, um, I watch everything with subtitles on. I'm one of those people. And it's just like set to the default on every, like all my streaming apps. And even if I don't actively read them, you know, um, I have them on. And I will uh-huh. say that it made that scene where they're on the beach worse because, like, the subtitles aren't dimmed. They're as bright as they normally are. So uh-huh. the contrast between the bright-ass subtitles and the dark-ass scene, was it made it actually worse. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But I, I, I did not like that scene. It's hard to follow. I hope they don't do that again. Um, I get that they were trying to show like that the time of day and kind of use that like sun going down to like build tension as well, um, but I just don't think I don't think it came across the way that they wanted to. I, I like that they're experimenting. Um, I just you know when you experiment, everything's not going to land. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's, that's true. I didn't mind it in the other scenes. I just didn't. I didn't love it, right? You know, it's like you're going to spend all this production budget on these incredible costumes and all this scenery and, you know, all of these backdrops and, and everything. And it's just like, show me that shit in 4K HDR, you know, max brightness. You know what I mean? Right. I want to see I want to see every little detail. Yeah. But, um, but it was effective, even if I didn't like it. Uh, and, and like I said, it's been a mixed bag from from people I've talked to. Some people liked it, some people didn't mind it, and some people were like, you know, this is uh, the long night part two. And I think that's kind of over the line because it wasn't nearly as bad as that episode. Yeah, and you know, you in particular, I know, are a lighting guy. Um, yeah. No house lights for wrestling, you know, things like that. So. <laughs> You pay a little more attention to it the most, but it sounds like we were kind of on the same page, and I, I'm not as observant or whatever of that. So, I, I, you know, I would stand by what I said and sound similar to yours. So I think they screwed up at least the beach scene. <laughs> yeah, um, that that like I said, that one is the worst. And I, you're right, man. I I am big on lighting when it comes to pretty much everything. Uh, movies, video games, whatever, uh, you know, I, uh, live events especially, uh, you know, it, it sets the mood and the scene uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. So, Yeah, um, you've taught me a lot about that kind of stuff, actually. Well, you know, and, and maybe the thing is, after that amazing dragon riding sequence, you know, maybe the budget was up and they, you know, didn't have, they didn't have the lighting budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe they were like, well, we ran out of money, and they were like, uh... All right, well, we'll we'll just we'll just shoot without any lights. Yeah. Um. I think in this episode, um, you know, and we got Otto back as the yeah. hand, which is interesting. Uh, how quickly that came about, you know, something I want to point out about him: he is the only person we've ever seen lose the hand of the king uh, spot and not be brutally murdered. <laughs> Yeah. 
And like, you think that you think that shows he knows he knows how to make smart moves. I think so. Not only did he is he the only person to ever lose the job by getting fired and not just killed, but he's also he got the job back. Yeah. I mean, I, being the queen's father probably doesn't hurt, um, but you know this whole thing is his mastermind. Yes, yes, and yeah, you know, that comes clear when he has his conversation with with the queen with Allison. And you know, I don't totally blame Allison because obviously he was grooming her for this when when she was young, right? I mean, he was uh, he was pushing her in this direction and manipulating her into Definitely. this situation all the way up until they have that um that really powerful scene a few episodes back at the mud gate when he's leaving after he gets fired and he says you know when Rhaenyra comes into power she's gonna have no choice but to kill your children yeah yeah good point and at that point from that moment forward allison has been on it because that's the moment she realized oh fuck i'm in this terrible situation and so it's like maybe she wants to forgive Rhaenyra, maybe she wants them to be friends again, but at the end of the day, like he's just programmed this into her and she's passing it on to her kids of like your very lives are at stake here. Your existence is going to be an affront to the Queen of Westeros one day. Yeah, there's definitely some grooming all the way down the line. Yeah, and I mean, Aegon doesn't care about it, but I think I think Aemond is going to be a huge fucking problem. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got one eye. Uh, he's extra pissed. Um, I think out of all the kids, he's the one that like, like really has bought into the whole, you know, hating the other side of the family. Um, yeah. And now he's got a huge axe to grind. Yep. So uh, I think we're gonna see um, we're gonna see some pretty interesting stuff, you know, come through, um, you know, going forward as it relates to the the kids' relationships with with one another. Because um, you know, the further things go, and the further down the timeline we get, I would imagine that this rivalry between the two halves of the family is just gonna get more and more brutal until there's almost nobody left. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be a, it's gonna be a gang war, you know. Yeah, I'm very um, anxious to see two dragon riders fight. That's something that we've never gotten. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, for whoever is across the battlefield, uh, from Vagar, I feel sorry for them. Yeah. Uh, it better be Damon riding Caraxes because anybody else is probably gonna get wrecked. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, you know, speaking of Damon, uh, I really think Matt Smith has just killed it, man. I mean, he has owned every scene he's been in, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, he has. Like I said, he's he's definitely one that I when I watch him, I'm always like, Man, this guy, you know. And he needed it. Uh because Matt Smith has has had, I think since he left Doctor Who, I would say he's had a not a great track record at the box office or even or on streaming. Yeah, and you know, side note, I I've been trying to figure out what I've seen him in, and I can't place it, but the voice is unmistakable. So he um, is 
He's very unfortunately the villain in Morbius. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, oh. and yeah, and he's also in the the worst Terminator movie, which is a Tall Order. It, it's got to be the because I've seen Morbius this year, you know. So yeah, recent recent enough for me to recognize that voice and remember it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, um, the, yeah. He's in is I think it's Genesis is the one that has Amelia Clark in it. See, I can't even remember. Yeah, it's terrible. If you if you haven't seen it, then you didn't miss anything. I, that may be the case. You saved I, two I hours know. of your life. Well. I'm sure I've wasted two at some point on something else. <laughs> oh yeah, Justice League. Uh, well, that was so, four hours. Oh, you mean the original? I mean all of them. Uh, well, that would have been six hours then, because you watched both cuts. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I gave Snyder a chance. We don't have to go into that. No, we, we, we sorry. Don't to, we don't have to talk about the Snyder cut. Sorry to go um, off topic. I know we're on different <laughs> sides of the coin on that one. We are. We are. Uh, you know the the. I, I don't know if we're on entirely different sides of the coin, um, but I definitely have a drastically different opinion of it than you do. I don't think it's a masterpiece, but I do think that it's, I do think that it's a it's a good superhero movie. Um, mm. Kind of wish they could tell it in three hours and not four and a half, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um. So. After everything that's happened in these two episodes, man, this is kind of convinced, uh, well, convinced slash maneuvered uh, Rhaenyra and Damon into finally just being like, this is what we wanted anyway. And we see a, a Westerosi wedding where no one gets killed. Yeah, but there's incest, so, you know, there is that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That although that's just another Tuesday for the Targaryens. I mean, no, yeah, for sure. It, that's that's low level stuff there. Yeah, um, it, yeah. We we got to see a a like passionate sex scene that was that wasn't like super graphic, uh, and a wedding where nobody dies. Man, I hope they're not going soft on us. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. No. I I think. I think that was another one of those things where they couldn't do the same thing and have people get killed at a wedding. So let's let's do a left turn and let these people actually get married without there being a death. But yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't know about about all that, man. Like it, it's one of those things where you're like, well, yeah. I mean, this was the way it was supposed to be about an ancestral relationship. It's just weird. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause clearly they were meant to be together for a lot of reasons. Right. Yeah. I mean, from that very first episode of the show, the chemistry between Damon and Rhaenyra and the affection between the two of them is, is, is just glaring. You know, it's, it's right there. Um, and I don't know if she understands it in that very first scene, like she, she just it may be just like affection for like an uncle for her, in that scene, but for yeah. him it's not. And she very quickly, I think by the second or third episode, is on the same page with him. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So, um, 
So we finally see them get married, and I think that's going to be the thing where we the battle lines are really drawn now. Um, with her and Damon and their side of the family versus Allison and hers. And, you know, as soon as Viserys draws that last breath, I think all hell is going to break loose. Yep. You know, they're all sitting around waiting on him to die. Yeah, that's that's red light, green light with his life and death for sure. Yeah. As soon as he, as soon as he dies, green light, let's go. Yeah, I... I I uh, I think we're gonna see it soon. Um, next couple of episodes, I would I would imagine that we're gonna see, like Game of Thrones always made episode nine like the big episode. Like the season finale was always good too, but all of your like really big battles or like really incredible scenes, like you know Battle of the Bastards or the Battle on the Wall or uh, you know the Red Wedding, um, all of that stuff is episode nine. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they keep that or if they do, they, they just save something big and huge for the, uh, for the finale. Yeah. Hey, what's the, what's the, um, timeline on this? Are they doing two seasons or what? So it's officially renewed for a second season. Okay. Um, the showrunner, like the, the showrunner for season one is leaving. Um, but we're getting like another, like really good Game of Thrones alumni for this. I don't remember their name. Um, but the show's going to still be in really good hands. Um, so yeah, I can't remember the, the name of the person that is taking it over, but, um, they, so they, there's two seasons absolutely confirmed. Um, I think when the early talks were going on, like the different showrunners and and uh, kind of executive producers were saying that they would love to do four or five seasons, but also that they could jump around and, you know, they could continue to jump around. So they could do three seasons of, you know, this whole infighting between these families and then they could do a massive like time jump and they could do like uh, the Mad King and they could show like the rebellion, which I think a lot of people would be interested in. Yeah, um, they could even go backwards in time, and they could do um, they could show Aegon's original conquest and like the Iron Throne being forged and all that. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So, I, they have a ton of options. Um, although I don't see if they if they're just going to keep the fire and blood story, um, I. Um, I, I could see it being four or five seasons tops um, for them to, to tell this whole story of, like, the war between the two families. Yeah, I don't think they need to extend it beyond that. No, me neither. There, there's not enough there. As a matter of fact, you know, if they get into, if they get into a fourth season, um, I think that last season's going to have to probably be short and probably just, like, you know, balls to the wall, just, you know, it's, it's just going to have to be epic all out, you know, battle for the throne type stuff because, um, you know, it, it, by the time you get to that point, there's not going to be a whole lot left for you to explore. Right. And, and as we know, you know, less is more. Um, you definitely want to leave them wanting more rather than give them everything. Exactly. So, Pro wrestling is life. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back around. 
That's right. Well, man, was there anything else uh, that you wanted to talk about before we wrap this episode up? Looking at my notes here, uh, I think we hit most of the main stuff. Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah so out of 10, man, what would you score this uh, episode 7? Oh, man. It's, it's close to a 10 for me. Nine, nine and a half at least. Yeah, I was... um, I was... I'm going to take some points off for the lighting. I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine, but that's what I gave. I'm pretty sure that that's what I gave the opening episode. Um, so this puts it right up there with that first episode yeah. for me, which I, I still think that that first episode is probably one of the best first episodes of television of any show that I've ever seen because it just it gives you... It's the sampler platter, right? It gives you a little bit of everything that Game of Thrones was, and it gives it to you in, like, a great fashion, right? You know, we've got some betrayal. We've got somebody getting brutally killed. We've got, you know, a knight with... Or, uh, we've got a tournament with all these knights, and, you know, we've got the, the politics, and we've got the, like, historical symbolism. So it just it had that balance to it. And I, it really like sucked me back into this world that I had no interest in after season eight of Game of Thrones. See, I wonder if you're grading on a curve because it was decent, and you know because it wasn't terrible. You're like, hey, it was really good. <laughs> That's possible. Although I, I think that, um, uh. You know, I gotta say that I, I I don't I don't know if that's the case. I I think it definitely defied my expectations, and, and maybe uh you know I'll pull a, I'll do like I did with Game of Thrones, and when this thing's over with, I'll go back and binge through the whole first season, and and maybe my my opinion will change a little bit. But I don't know, man. I really like that first episode. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was very glad and excited after the first episode because I said, okay, I'm definitely going to be watching this. Yeah. I, I got to wonder how many viewers are kind of turned, are going to be turned off by the pacing. I mean, I think the numbers are still doing well, but like they, they've covered 25 seasons of game of Thrones pacing as far as the timeline, you know what I mean? Just with all the oh, time yeah. skips and you know, they're, they're just trying to, the general audience probably doesn't really know that they're just trying to get the the really important stuff out of the way uh, as far as showing you how this conflict starts so that they can get into the meat and potatoes of it. Yeah. Well, with that being said, man, uh, I definitely appreciate you uh, joining me today. We have to do this again soon. Like we said, you haven't been on here since season two i think um with the uh bruiser brody episode if uh, if my memory serves me correctly um i feel like it's i did one after bruiser brody okay well that that makes me feel a little bit better then but uh yeah we'll have to we'll have to get you back on as as soon as we can and um you know we got a lot of uh, really exciting stuff coming up so uh, you know, there there is a lot there. We're going to be covering House of the Dragon. Um, we're actually going to do our first book review. Um, uh, my friend Lauren, who was on the show to review, I believe, episode 
three, um, House of the Dragon. Uh, we're going to be doing a book review as soon as I finish reading it. Um, this book is called The Priori of the Orange Tree, and it's like an 800-page novel. Uh, so sometime in the spring when I finish it, uh, we're going to be reviewing that. Uh, we're going to do a review of Rings of Power. And, uh, you know, honestly, man, uh, I think after a rewatch, uh, I, I think a, a, a Cobra Kai episode would not be a bad idea. Um, because you and I have, I think, wildly different opinions of this last season. So. Yeah, I think you're right, and I would, I'd love to discuss Cobra Kai and explain why it's the best show on television. Hey, I mean, uh, this is definitely the place to do it, man. And uh, <laughs> you know, with 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 that being said, that's a that's an epi- uh, excellent uh, note to go out on. Um, so uh, you know, wherever you're listening to this, uh, drop us a message on Facebook, leave a comment. Uh, you know, let us know if there's something you want us to cover. Do you, if you want to see a Cobra Kai episode, uh, let us know. Um, and uh, that being said, man, Joe, thank you once again for joining me. And this has been an involved review. <laughs>